Hi guys, welcome back to After Credits episode. <laughs> Carly has a rip in her shirt. Um, our lovely co-host Carly, Hi. by the way, lovely and combustible. <laughs> I'm combustible. That's true. <laughs> yeah, the adjective game is just throwing us all over the place. Um, Carly has a hole in her shirt. I and do. She just, I'm not anywhere sassy. No, just on my armpit, but it's armpit. really big. <laughs> and it, it threw me off. Yeah, I bet I could put deodorant on through it. You probably could. I bet I could. Only it's on like, one side. You'll like yeah, and then the other side, and like just like flowers, and just the other side. Yeah, I like because I like this shirt, right? It's it's a Rolling Stone shirt, right? And so yeah. I was like, and it's my mom's, and so I was like, do I try and sew it back together? Because it ripped on a seam. It's not like it tore, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, do I put a patch on it? But will that look weird on my armpit? <laughs> They're probably make Rolling Stones patches. You could oh my god, and like put it on there. That'd be funny. In your armpit. <laughs> I like your shirt brace. It's all stripey. Thank you. I got it at H&M with a pair of overalls that fit me. Finally. Did... So I've when... worn a pair of overalls for the longest time. And now I finally have them. And I can't get out of them now. <laughs> Bryce, you look so cute in overalls. I'm so excited for you. Thank you so much. <laughs> you Wait, I thought, I thought you have um like Carhartt bibs. Yeah, no, I do. But those are like for work. They're but like they're heavily cute. insulated. Yeah, so but I can they're stay cute. Warm. I wear. Hold on, I have a pair of Carhartt pants that are exactly mm-hmm. like those, but they're pants, and they yeah. are insulated as well with like plaid lining on the inside. And mm-hmm. I wear them as pants because I like them. And then I yeah. went to the dentist, and they asked me if I worked outside, and I was like, No, I just like these pants. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, for me, I wear a pair of long underwear pair of insulated jeans and then uh o- insulated overalls and a sweater uh and a coat and a lot of i'm freezing yeah so do you get sweaty i would get so sweaty <laughs> i do get sweaty but i'd rather be sweaty than like you know freezing because i feel fair. like if i'm sweating i feel like i'm actually like working hard and if i'm like freezing then i feel like i'm just miserable you know yeah no i get that yeah <laughs> so yeah, it's a Fair it's a fun mix. <laughs> um, yeah, but Harley, we once again took a week off for personal reasons, yeah. which we are not going to get into because no. you don't need to know. No, some some <laughs> things are just between me and Bryce, and that's just for us to decide. But because of we missed last week, we have a lot of catching up to do, including we do. your lovely school career. So I am a career woman, and my career is school. <laughs> you you don't get paid i do get paid for my school job which is not my career mm-hmm. well, my school is underpaid. my career i am <laughs> underpaid not because they not because i'm mal- mistreated just because it's COVID 19 funding cuts so and you have to spend all your money on the school themselves yes too. so really i'm just funneling it back you know what i never thought of that that's not nice I'm funneling it back I'm in. I'm wondering if it would just be nicer to like have the job and then just your debt be reduced, like, and you just not get the money at all. I don't. I mean, okay, for me personally, no, because my parents pay for my school, not me. So my school money is what I use for spending, and my parents just give me money for school, and I don't get money from them for anything else. So unless I mm-hmm. ask really nice, and then they'll get me gas money because they like me. That's on they special occasions. Yeah, that's on special occasions. Mm-hmm. 
um, most times my job, and eventually, yeah, I'll have to pay them back for it all. But <laughs> at the moment. But right now, I just like to spend it on stuff. Like this summer, I bought roller skates. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I spent some of my money on this summer. Today, what did I do? I bought a pair of shoes. I did. They are black high heels. Um, I've wanted them for a very long time because I don't have formal shoes that I like. Um, Why do I need formal shoes during a pandemic where I don't leave my house? I don't, but I like shoes. Um, And I wanted them. So so I'm I'm excited um, for my shoes. And yeah, mostly most of my money goes towards like buying stuff for our apartment. (laughs) Yeah. Buying like nice like and not not stuff i need for uh, i certainly hope you're there for a long time yeah <laughs> be real awkward if you're only there for a semester by the time you get no in there. well i have to be there at least see in wisconsin it is illegal to terminate a lease or to leave a lease or to kick someone out um during winter is that really? Yeah, because then they would freeze to death. So it's a, it's like illegal. Like I can't terminate my lease and leave because then I'm putting the landlord in a bad position and they can't terminate my lease and kick me out during the winter unless it's like, unless I like killed someone or so something like you, that's like bad. You mess up like, um, you have to mess up obnoxiously yeah. badly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But when spring hits, I'm, I could be out. Like when, as soon as the snow right. starts melting, like, I don't like you know. outfit. You have a hole in your Rolling Stone shirt. You're out. <laughs> yeah. I could, you know, but like, it's, it's like illegal for them to kick you out in the winter because you could freeze to death, you know? So, That's which funny. is really cool. But that also means that I have to be there for like a minimum of at least, I think my lease is 12 months. So that's mm-hmm. my minimum really, unless I do something when it, awful. When does it start? Uh, June 1st. So. Oh, so you have about six months of being a good, like, citizen. Yeah. Before I, they can not keep up. Yeah, I have, I, so yeah. So technically, I guess that's not true then, huh? Because I don't, I am moving in in summer, so they could, if I do really screw up, they could kick me out right away. <laughs> but luckily, you're a, besides your Rolling Stone shirt, you're a good person. Yeah. In general, yes. <laughs> my, my sister just got a Rolling Stone shirt, too. It's like, oh my very, God, we're like sisters. And, um, and I asked her what her favorite Rolling Stone shirt was because I personally believe you can't wear a, a shirt with a, like a band or a, a movie on it or something if you haven't seen did, the movie. Did you intentionally and, say, did you intentionally say what her favorite Rolling Stone shirt was? Or well, did I mean, you mean to oh, say I'm song? Sorry. Okay. My, my apologies. <laughs> I, What's I, your favorite shirt? It's, oh, it's the one I'm wearing. <laughs> That's and, what um, I was a little confused about. Uh, she she couldn't answer the question, so <laughs> every time I see her in it, I just I make fun of her. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I have so many kiss shirts, cause I'm like I can if anyone fucking asks me about it, I'm on top mm-hmm. of that shit. Right. Yeah. You might as well just get like a list of your your um favorite kiss songs. Like tattooed on my yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to get kiss tattoos, but I want them to be like. Like, I'm way too afraid to get, like, a face on me, because yeah. if they fuck it up and it doesn't look like them, I'll know forever. Can you imagine um, you had Star Child just with, like, his eyes, like, three inches lower than his other eyes? Or, eye think about this, you get their makeup tattooed on your face. Oh my god. But, like, it can't be, it can't be Paul. It has to be someone with a full thing. Preferably, um, like, the cat man, because then mm-hmm. you look like a cat. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know if that's the preferred. Yeah, that's the pref. Yeah, if you're gonna go and get your kiss makeup tattoo on your face, you have to do the one that will make you look the most like a furry. I mean, <laughs> right? I I um I know that it's someone has to have like a kiss. Oh tattoo yeah. On their face. There's like no doubt in my mind, but like there's the thought. Process yeah, and the of that. the other thing is that like so blacking out you know on your arm with tattoo ink like that's a thing people do is they just black out sections of their arm you know mm-hmm. sometimes it's to cover it up sometimes it's just like stylistically yeah. but that shit ages like garbage um so can you imagine and like it it ages worse places where you get a lot of sun because oh sun ruins tattooing. <laughs> you just have to wear a ski mask all year long. Right, because like you you put sunscreen on on your tattoo your whole life, it's gonna fade obviously, and then you get touch ups and stuff. So like regardless of the amount of sunscreen you put on, tattoos are gonna fade. If you get it on your face and it's a it's just blackout, like half of your like all around your eyes and shit. Also, I don't know that they do people get their eyelids tattooed. I've never seen that. I feel like because you like can get no it in your purpose. eye. I feel like there's never, there's, every body part's been tattooed at least once. <laughs> yeah. Do you think people tattoo, like, the inside of their nostrils? Like, and what do I you smell? Like... <laughs> then? <laughs> like, as it's healing? Because, like, that shit also, like... I can't, dude, I can't even pluck a nose hair without <laughs> crying. Can you imagine? It's gotta getting, have like... been done, right? It, I, yeah. Because people, you like... know what, Bryce? I'm dumb. People get tattooed eyeliner on. That's, like, a thing, is people get eyeliner and their eyebrows tattooed on, and then they get mm-hmm. them, like, touched up. So, they're absolutely people have tattooed eyelids. For sure. Ah. <laughs> but has do anyone blacked they, out um, their eyelid? I don't think so. <laughs> do you think they do, like, like uh, eyeballs so in their, their eyes are always open? I bet someone's done that. That seems yeah. like such an, yeah. Absolutely. I feel like someone has the tattoo of the Love You Eyes from Indiana Jones. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So, um, in one of like the first scenes in Indiana Jones, uh, the first one, there's a scene of Harrison Ford teaching a college class. Okay. And one of the girls like wrote in pen "Love You" on like her eyelids. So as she's blinking at Harrison Ford, and she's like, "I love you." <laughs> I've seen it. I don't remember that. <laughs> I've, I've, it's been a while, but holy shit, mm-hmm. gross. <laughs> it was um, the, four, the 30s or 40s, so it's, it is more acceptable. It doesn't mean it's less <laughs> any less gross. For several reasons. I just, can you imagine her? I mean, obviously it was a makeup artist on set, whatever. But theoretically, this girl, right, gets up in the morning and she goes over to her mirror. And she takes a pen and she has to write backwards in the mirror on her eye on her eyelids, which means one of her eyes at least is closed while she's doing it. She's got an eye patch on. Love you. Like I just fucking realized what I just said. But I I kinda I just, wonder. She's got an eye patch. That's what I thought you said. So she wouldn't be able to t- <laughs> Never never mind. You're I'm a sorry. Goober. <laughs> silly guy what can i say oh my gosh <laughs> um so uh how is your class going i know it's, you wanted to talk about that it's really fun actually yeah okay so since we didn't get to talk last week there was actually we watched a movie last week we didn't watch a movie this week but we did watch 
like six videos today this week was all about um film structure and okay. um like a three-act structure in film um we talked about blocking and scenes so we watched this video that i'll send you because i think you'd really like it um it's about alfred hitchcock's um vertigo and like the movie vertigo and mm-hmm. this particular scene in it and how he structures the blocking in it uh, combined with like the angles of like the camera and stuff and it's really yeah. interesting like his i didn't realize how much like obviously i knew he was a good director having yeah. seen his movies but i didn't realize like how much um he draws from like theater when it comes to his blocking and how like thought out his blocking structures are in terms of like sure. it characterizes the characters which is crazy yeah. Um, and I'll send it to you because they go through just this scene, but they have like the scene up and then they have like a map out of mm-hmm. the like stage essentially and like where their heads go. And then at the end, they like fast play it to show like the heads moving and all the places they go in the room through this like three minute scene. Um, mm-hmm. And it's cool. So I'll send you that. It's very cool. I suggest you watch. It's on YouTube if you're not Bryce. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll put the link in the description okay. if Carly remembers to send it to me when we're done here <laughs> yeah and then the other thing we watched a lot of is this YouTuber Lindsay Ellis who doesn't really upload anymore but she's got a lot of stuff on her channel um, and she does a lot of stuff with different types of film theory um, and she did she analyzed um, it's, her, it's a series called The Whole Plate if you look up Lindsay Ellis The Whole Plate it'll come up but it's um she used the Transformers movies to analyze film theory through all these different yeah. lenses. And it's really funny because half of it is her just being like, look how shitty Michael Bay is at doing movies. And it's really good. I would, it's really funny. Cause I know you haven't seen, Tran- you haven't seen Transformers, right? Okay. But it's basically like, she goes through all these like really basic methods to film theory. And it's like Michael Bay just ignores them, like all every single one of them. And it's super funny. And then obviously she goes like two of the episodes are about feminist theory and the male gaze um, specifically applied to Transformers because he, because of Megan Fox, the other, there's like four other women and throughout the series that he's just, it's just shitty. But also the male gaze episode talks a lot about, um, Shia LaBeouf and Mark Wahlberg's characters, which are like the main guys through the series, and how much he must just really fucking hate their characters because he like they are the biggest definition of like toxic masculinity. Like the entire time they're running around screaming at people for no reason. <laughs> like they're just angry and it's like like every line of dialogue is them either yelling or threatening to hurt someone. And it's and the whole thing is like cars and boobs and if you don't like cars and boobs then you're fucking sissy like that's like the entirety of their character like that's the the script (laughs) right and it's just crazy because like i i watched transformers and i like them which is wild and i do um and like i knew all those things but watching someone like go in depth and like one of the biggest things about transformers is that it's hard to remember things like it's it's just fucking hard to remember the movie there it's they're not memorable um, and so she goes into why, and basically she explains that, um, that one of the biggest things that they do in cinema to help you remember, like, important scenes and, like, signify that something's important is the amount of time that they spend with the camera on one area, and Michael Bay specifically does the opposite of that, like, he goes out of his way to do the opposite of that, doesn't like doing that, um, and so for him, shots, and also, like, you come back to the same shot a couple times, 
So, like, if someone's having a conversation, you shoot back and forth between the same person, but from the same angle. Yeah, like, different like people. eye lines and things like yeah. that. Yeah, he completely ignores them, and every time, if someone's having a conversation, he'll, like, like, one time it'll be facing forward on them, and then he'll shoot to the other person, and the next time it's, like, from the side, and so, and, like, not in the same spot on the screen. And so, yeah. it doesn't work with the human brain, and it makes it really hard for your brain to understand the information coming in. And so, Michael so Bay's tactics... Just is that he overstimulates the brain. Like, that's literally his his directorial style, is he overstimulates right. the brain, and that way you have a hard time remembering the plot. So, so like, even if the script was, like, flawless, like, yeah. the way that he puts it to screen, it's just, like, so confusing that you It's impossible. Okay. And he also, he cuts really fast between scenes. Yeah. And so it's it's really your your brain and your eyes just cannot, cannot keep track of it. It's very hard. Sure. And then he also especially in Transformers, likes to overstimulate by putting a lot of things in a scene at one time. So mm -hmm. making just the image really busy. And so not having a clear focal point on the screen makes your eye yeah. really confused. And it's like, I knew it was confused. I knew I was confused by Transformers. I just didn't really understand why. And now I do. And that's really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I've only seen two Michael Bay films. Um, I've seen the first Bad Boys um i didn't like it at very much at all i thought like i have you, i'm assuming you haven't seen it no right? okay. so basically it they do like um the trope in movies where like one character has to play like the sidekick character and like they just flip like their roles around so like will smith is like this big hotshot guy and martin lawrence just really cares about his wife you know okay so they just have to like the flip personalities and it's just like why would you make that the first movie you know what i mean like this isn't funny because i don't know who these characters are yeah. so my introduction to these characters are, are will smith and martin lawrence playing the opposite character <laughs> and on top of that i just thought it was way too long and boring yeah <laughs> the actions like cut together like you said so hyper like so quickly yeah yeah it's it. like i can't comprehend anything yeah. even if i wanted to and but he and like does that one... on purpose like that's his goal and so it's yeah. just confusing because like what we were talking about in my class was we were like you have to have respect for him because it's intentional but you can question if his intentions are the right choice <laughs> you know <laughs> like they just because it's intentional doesn't mean he's doing a good job right so yeah uh and the other one I, I watched was um, Six Underground, which is like a direct-to-Netflix movie, which they gave him like 150 to $200 million and just gave it to him and like, all right, do whatever you want with it. And it, it just turned my brain into complete mush. Like, <laughs> I could not tell you a single thing that happened in the movie. Like, the action sequences are very long and drawn out, but I don't know why any of them actually happened or, like, what the story was even about. The opening 10 minutes was the probably the best part because uh, it had no quote-unquote character yeah. development, like, at all. And it's just like, oh, okay, you hooked me. And then, like, the movie started, and then it, then it completely lost me, and there was two hours left. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah so definitely not our favorite director yeah i just i find it like one of the biggest things we were talking about was how 
we really tend to idolize certain directors, you know, and like, like Michael Bay, like everyone knows who Michael Bay is, regardless of, but like, if you actually think about the methods that they put into directing, just because mm-hmm. we know their name doesn't necessarily mean that they're doing great. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting, like to that there he's like one of the only like universally agreed upon like not great director but he's such a household name yeah everyone knows who michael bay is it's so weird how that works yeah (laughs) but like we really put a lot of trust and faith into directors with maybe sometimes questioning like their like basically what our big question was is do we take into account the director's intent and why does it get so dangerous when you're idolizing and like really giving a lot of attention to directors for their films when like there's so many other people that go into making the films, you know? And so like we always talk about David Fincher a lot, right? And we have like Gone Girl and Fight Club and Zodiac and like The Social Network and all these movies. And we like David Fincher. But, mm-hmm. you know, like who else? Like we were, we were talking about this director and I can't remember who it was, but he has this editor that he... Huh? Point proven. Yeah, but he, sorry, he uses this editor for every single um, movie he does. That's this woman, yeah. and she edits every single one of his movies. Like she, they're basically like a team. And we all know this. I literally, this is dumb, but we all know this director's name except for me, apparently. Um, is it Scorsese? I don't know. I really don't remember. I I like okay. am blanking on it. Um, but we like no one remembers the name of this editor. And I was like, I never obviously thought of that since I'm an idiot. Um, yeah, no. But like how many other people are like that that we don't even consider? If you like go through a director's filmography, like you will probably end up going through an editor's filmography, a composer, and maybe, and more often than not, a cinematographer too. It's right. Like they have like their, they know what they like. Yeah, their team. And they work well together you know and yeah. david fincher specifically is such a perfectionist that he knows that like these people are going to give him the best work and the best that he wants um so he's very specific about who he hires and everything like that oh. he's a very um <laughs> perfectionist person <laughs> but it's weird because it's like we as an audience and specifically the media that covers these people like give so much attention to these like white male directors but don't give that same amount of attention to the same people supporting them and not that that's the fault of the director but like we as a we as an audience don't yeah. care like but why like they're also putting the yeah. same amount of effort into these things right. why are we accrediting it all to these directors and then like we were talking about this a little bit before it started we started but like the thought of not um like do we take into account like what directors are trying to say over like their collection of their work you know um and you could even argue that with other groups um of people working alongside the directors like you were just saying but um like we were talking about how the guy that directed parasite and um so piercer and like how he um likes to like his main goal is like criticizing capitalism and like how you can fight against capitalism like these different methods and so like snow piercer is like through revolution and parasites through like cheating out the system you know and like he analyzes these different ways of doing it whereas um like what's his name the guy that directed moonrise kingdom Wes Anderson. Well, like, Wes Anderson, like, obviously has, like, a directorial style, 
you know, but in his movies are all very similar in style and done. And he has like a team, you know, and yeah. And yet we only address him and it's just, it's, yeah. it's weird to me because there's no way that just the director could make their consistency in so many of these works that they do. For sure. Yeah. But we, we just choose to ignore it. And I don't know why. I don't know why we do that because it's not their yeah. fault. <laughs> it's our, it's, it's our really fault. But too, because Wes Anderson specifically, like when he his first movie, like you can't tell it's a Wes movie mm-hmm. because like it doesn't have like that um, symmetrical like like aspect ratio and shots and everything like that. So because of that's he just didn't have it at that point. He didn't do it. I don't for whatever reason and i think it might even be because budgetary constraints at the time because his first movie cost like two million dollars or something like that like obnoxiously cheap in the grand scheme of things and um so i think as he became a more prominent director and was able to like bring in more people to his team like the style that we associate with only him started to form Right, because he's brought, he's developed his, yeah, which, and also things they were like, film as an, is like, as much of an artistry as it is a level of entertainment, you know, and why don't we give the same amount of credit to the other artists involved, you know, that have their names attached to these amount of works, but we don't, we, we choose to follow the leader, per se, Mm -hmm. and we often don't allow that system to change, and there's a lot of you know, women and minorities and other director directors and other people working in the industry that don't get that same amount of credit for working on the same projects. And it's just weird. It's just this yeah. weird thing that I didn't really think about. Um, <laughs> that sure. was this week. Really quick before we start talking about this week's movie, I want to talk about last week, which was um, we talked a lot about race and cinema and race just in general, um, and then also gender oh, and sexuality. I thought you were talking about our podcast episodes. Like, what oh, the... yeah, the <laughs> one I did by myself, and then yeah, <laughs> um, I'm talking about my class, Bryce. Yeah, okay. Um, right. and everyone, um, we watched. <laughs> I don't know if I talked to you about this or not. I feel like I didn't, but I'm gonna. I don't do think I did. Um, we watched Thirteenth. No, we haven't talked about okay. this. Okay, so it's a. Do you know what Thirteenth is? No. So it's a documentary. It's on Netflix. Um, it's really fucking good. I suggest you watch it. It's like, it's only an hour and 50 minutes or something like that. Hour 40 Mm -hmm. minutes. Um, like best fucking documentary I've seen. It's fantastic. Um, it's all about the 13th amendment, which is why it's called 13th. Um, and how, um, there's this loophole in the 13th amendment, which is the amendment that ended slavery in the United States that it's like slavery's abolished, blah, 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 except for in, except for criminals is like what it says. And essentially, it's how we, it, it allows for us to use um, slave labor through prisons. And so we like actively use prison labor. And then it explains how after slavery was abolished, and then like during the civil rights movement, and even even especially into now, um, we that's like why the war on drugs was created, was to target, and there's like, like audio clips of like our presidents talking about this um to target the black communities in america and so instead of having um them as slaves you they targeted them as criminals put a lot of pressure on um having drugs 
as like a criminal offense so that they could arrest people on minor drug charges and then use them as slave labor in, in prisons. And so it's the, it's absolutely insane. Like it's all true. Like it's not even a, I don't know. And like there's it's always the crazy part about documentaries is yeah. that they'll share like these crazy obnoxious stories, and then it's like, oh, that's like legitimately happening. Yeah, and they're like, already. here's a video clip of um, Nixon talking about it, and you're like, oh, that's like he's saying him. we're gonna target the black community. Like he's saying it. Okay, <laughs> like it's not a, it's not like a. Sure. We think that no, it's real, um, which is really cool that we're doing that still. Um, and yeah, and so it's just really interesting. Cause like I, I were, were taught, there was this episode on TV last night of blackish and we watched mm-hmm. blackish at my house. And, um, the episode last night was the, I don't know if you know anything about blackish, but the, the son junior, um, okay. he is out of college now and he, um, or he's a college dropout now, but he, um, lives with the parents still and him and his girlfriend were sitting in his car smoking um weed and um sorry i always have to clarify because like when i say like when i say smoking most of the time i'm not referring to nicotine just Mm -hmm. because i don't know anyone that smokes nicotine so if i you know not that i'm you know a cigar (laughs) yeah i don't know and so but like when i talk to my parents and i say smoking they always assume i mean because it's just a cultural difference in our generations like people we know don't smoke cigarettes people they know don't smoke (laughs) So you, whenever you refer to smoking, you're talking about crack. Yes, crack cocaine. Um, I'm t- <laughs> smoking crack. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean. And so, yeah. And my my dad was just like, basically, the episode ends with because the whole time the dad's like, I can't believe you're smoking weed, like whatever. Um, and the episode ends with him being like, you know, basically he's like, the reason I'm so afraid of weed is because I'm afraid of um like the repercussions that we face as black people for getting caught with drugs, you know, and like how much harder we get charged with shit than white people do. And he's like, and I'm just nervous that you're going to get caught and then sent to jail and your whole life's going to be over because you're black. Um, and the end of the episode is just him basically like they go to the garage and they smoke together. That's how it ends. And my dad was like, Oh, I don't know that that's that you should be smoking with your son. Like, I don't know. And he, and he was like, maybe I'm just old, but like, that seems not, like a good thing you should be teaching your kids and like I was thinking and I was like you know we're taught so much growing up and our parents even more than us because they grew up in the 80s and we're in the middle of like the war on drugs um we're taught so much like drugs are bad like say no to drugs you know which is obvious I'm not saying that's not true but it's so heavily (laughs) it's so heavily ingrained in them that like now there's like this legalization of marijuana like happening across the United States and mm-hmm. it's like very hard for them to wrap their heads around. Whereas like, I don't, that's been happening since we were younger, you know, like still under right. the age of 18. And so it's not that weird for us to like, be like, oh yeah, it's legal in Colorado. Like not yeah. a very strange thing for us, you know, whether or not you smoke, if you're under the age of 20, it's probably not weird for you to hear about it. Um, but my dad was like shocked that they were talking about it on TV. And I was like, I, I mean, that's what we live in and so it was just interesting because it's like there's such a strong association between like criminals and smoking like weed or and obviously higher harder harder drugs than that um but instead of like sending people to like rehab we just 
send them to jail and then use them yeah. and it's like it showed all these companies that like outsource prison labor like walmart and jc penny like these huge well-known corporations that like use prison labor to make their stuff and like i think we always think like oh like lots of clothing companies use like child labor and sweatshops in other countries and stuff you know but like when you see like american made we're thinking like oh like ethical sourced right but like sometimes it's prison labor which is not really a whole lot better you know and like when i when you see on the 13th amendment like except for criminals you're like oh yeah that makes sense like you know but when you think about what's actually fucking happening and they're like like forcing people that got arrested on a small on like a one-time possession of marijuana to be in prisons for six years or more usually usually they they do a plea bargain um instead of actually having like a jury and a judge they will negotiate a plea bargain and a lot of times cases now especially drug charges like that um go without having actual court cases and they just settle for a plea bargain that gets them four years and then when they're inside prison because of the level of um, high amount of people we have in our prisons right now, um, they get put in very small quarters and it pushes them to the brink and they get that time extended for poor behavior. And then that's what keeps them in prison and they can just keep doing that for as long as they want. So it's like a vicious cycle of like a one-time possession of marijuana or whatever can lead to 20 years of prison labor for walmart where you're making fucking lamps for 20 years and not and you don't get anything out of it and then you get you know if you get out of prison you're lucky and that's forever on your record you know serving your time yeah so instead and then maybe you're still addicted to heroin or whatever the fuck you got sent to prison for but your addiction wasn't cured because you're still getting it in prison so you still get it what i'm I'm just saying, you're, you know, there's ways. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, not that I went to prison or know anything about prison. I'm just saying. I'm just saying Mm -hmm. there's, it's not an effective way of, of, if you go to prison and you get out of prison, you might not have the coping skills because you didn't go to therapy or like learn how to manage beyond that. And you go right back out and are going to do the same shit you're doing before. So your addiction isn't going to be solved. Whether if you went to, that's all, that's what we talked about last week. And I just thought it was interesting. No, no, it and is interesting. I wouldn't have like, brought it up um, if it wasn't for the fact that it's a documentary, and I think you should watch it. <laughs> and I think no, you'd enjoy it because it's also filmed. Documentaries well. are just really weird for me because it's. I don't know. I just I just never really gravitate. Yeah. <laughs> to watch them, and I get like it's most of the time they're pretty informative or they're like an interesting topic that we just don't like. Tiger King. Yeah. Fucking exploded last year, you know. That feels like um, forever ago. That's crazy. (laughs) But, like, for me, I think I've only watched, besides, like, the ones that they made us watch in, like, school, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean... (laughs) I I, like, 13th is done really well because it's a lot of, like, real-life videos and stuff. Like, it's not, uh, excuse me, it's not just, like, interviews with people. You know, or like a narrative with like reenact, like reenactments and stuff. It's like, because it starts at the time of, like when the Thirteenth Amendment was like implemented. It's like the end of slavery all through today, so it covers like stuff with video. 
which is mm-hmm. kind of cool. Obviously, except for the part where we didn't have camera at the beginning. But you get what I'm saying. Or video, you know. Yeah. We had cameras, but, you know. <laughs> I gotcha. So I think you'd <laughs> like it, and I suggest down. you watch it if you want to. It's not very long, and you could pause it and come back to it if you wanted to, but yeah. it's very powerful. Is it on anything? It's on Netflix. It's a Netflix produced. Oh, oh you already said that. Okay. Yeah. It's Netflix All produced. Right. It was part of their, like, Black Lives Matter initiative. So... <laughs> Kelsey and and I um, were on Disney Plus the other day, and you know, most of the streaming services, as of late, I think it's I think it started even before. I don't know. There's a section on there for like Black Lives Matter. Yeah. You know. <laughs> um. So we were on Disney Plus, and like so they're showing like all their like stories that have to deal with like black heritage and everything like that. Um, so like they're showing Remember the Titans and Princess and the Frog and Moana and things like that, I'm pretty sure. And then all of a sudden like Doc McStuffins pops up. Like I love Doc beat. McStuffins. Oh <laughs> I, I don't know why, it just makes me laugh every time. Because like, the name is, is funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's so cute though, and it's China and McLean that does the voice, which is so sweet. Is really? Yeah, I isn't that cute? That's funny. Yeah. I love it. It's so sweet and it's like a little black doctor that's so cute that's so cute <laughs> so yeah that's my ad- um addition to your i love it nice documentary <laughs> i just thought i'd share i think it's it's just interesting because no, like no, I, I appreciate you sharing it yeah it is I, an important thing i don't you know i'm not in the discussion of documentaries anywhere near to the amount as like everything else you know so i don't i don't think i've ever really heard about bad documentary um i have i've seen some pretty shitty in my history classes i've seen some pretty garbage documentaries doc if you'll call them that i've seen some pretty bad stuff but this one's like exceptional like it's okay more than like i couldn't stop watching it and usually you know i watch a lot of true crime and stuff um there's a really nasty true crime story right now on netflix that i started watching and i had to turn it off it's fucking horrific and like my worst nightmare <laughs> mm-hmm. so they like find this girl's body in like the water vat at a hotel and they find it because like the um the the water that's like going like in the sinks and stuff is like brown and so mm-hmm. they like go investigate and they find this girl's decaying body in there but because she like goes missing but like the they find it because a couple at the hotel complains about it and they fucking brushed their teeth and showered in it mm. isn't that i will i like almost puked when i because yeah. they like really don't they like lead up to that and they like don't tell you where she is or like whatever right. and then you're yeah. like Bleh! and they have like the couple on there that like found that like they're interviewing them and they're like yeah. it's the most traumatizing thing we've ever been through and i'm like yeah it fucking was you had person in you that's awful mm-hmm. <laughs> decaying people no. I don't know why, but, like, I watch movies for, like, the escapism, so if I want to watch, like, that subject matter, I'll just watch Seven. (laughs) Well, I didn't (laughs) know it was going to be that. I I was expecting something else. (laughs) That's funny. So. I showed Kelsey Seven for the first time recently, and now she's hooked on it. (laughs) I've never seen that. It's a David, it's, like, his first movie, if you don't count Alien 3. (laughs) (laughs) Which most people, which he doesn't even count. Do you count you know? that as alien at all, either? <laughs> no, so, do you know you know the story behind Alien 3, or no? No. 
I've seen Alien. Right, so, That's it. Right. <laughs> so basically, um, David Fincher got to start by doing music videos. Like he made Vogue he for. He made Vogue for Madonna. Ooh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, and a bunch of like other famous ones that I can't remember. That's the only one I remember off the top of my head. But that's how he got to start. And then um, he was finally given the opportunity to direct in an alien movie. Um, but so the script wasn't very good to begin with. He didn't have a lot of say in it because it was his first movie. Um, and then after like the, they wrapped shooting the film, they like kicked him out of post-production like all together. They kicked the director just, out of post-production. Okay. You're right. <laughs> And just re-edited the entire film, so it's just this like complete dumpster fire of a mess. Why would they do um, that? <laughs> dude, I don't know. I really there's like whole articles and videos, like documentaries even about this. Um, Did someone but, say document? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's a documentary I'd watch. <laughs> I would too. Um, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah but. So I want to watch it's one a about... complete dumpster fire for multiple reasons, but like he was given the opportunity to direct again miraculously. I don't really know how he got that after how horribly that was received by fans and critics, I'm pretty sure. Um, but Seven was his first movie. Okay. Because he was there the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can't really call it your directorial debut if you didn't really have a whole lot of say in how um, your time there yeah. ended. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, if you don't know what it is, it's a, I don't. it's a serial killer on the loose, um, trying to perfect humanity or something like that by displaying the seven deadly sins. Oh, um, that's cool. So he, yeah, he kills off his victims, um, by like one at a time by using in like manners that would like display like the sins um and it all just like leads up keeps building and building with like these phenomenal performances from brad pitt and morgan freeman and um it, it just to like one of the like most famous endings of all time even if you haven't seen the movie you know the quote from it i won't give you the quote in case you watch it wait i want to know <laughs> but you know, tell gotta. me the quotes <laughs> i'm not gonna tell you no i want but if you haven't seen seven um <laughs> i'd highly recommend checking it out um yeah but and don't look it up on google because you'll yeah, get don't it, look it spoiled up on google. don't do what carly did so like is it a horror oh my god that's terrifying yeah okay you may, might as well stop okay <laughs> it looks so scary <laughs> some people yeah some people consider it a horror i what do you... personally don't because i don't think it freaks me out enough um but it definitely has its elements that if you that definitely give you the argument that it's a horror movie his murder yeah that, fair. That. fair enough <laughs> Um, yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, I think we've um rambled. <laughs> yes. Thanks for letting me share. Sorry that I had no, two weeks okay. of information no, I don't, to. I don't know. I you don't, know. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I would like to talk about this movie uh, this week that was sent in by one-time listener Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth Lorraine Walder. 
Elizabeth. I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. That's fun. That's fun. My sister's name is Ellie and her middle name is Elizabeth, but they don't have anything to do with each other. Wait, her name is Ellie Elizabeth? Yeah. Well, today we we're talking about one of uh, Elizabeth's favorite movies, uh, What Happened to Monday, directed Yay. by Tommy Wercola. Um, if you don't recognize that name, that's okay. Um, <laughs> Neither do we. Some, some pretty um meh films <laughs> including um a movie two movies that of people who find uh hitler's dead body and it be he becomes a zombie um is that true Bill, what that's, that's true a, it's a documentary yeah <laughs> no it's a documentary <laughs> yeah the zombie nazi movie he directed a kill bill knockoff and also the Hansel and Gretel movie starring Jeremy Renner, where they found <gasps> hunters and kill witches. I forgot about that. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, it stars I bet she uh, that. Numi Rapace, I think. Yeah, she's Na- cool. Naomi Rapace, Glenn Close, Willem Dafoe, Marwan Kenzari, and Kristen Rebeck. That's all the names that I'm going to try to stumble through. Those are the only necessary ones. Yeah, I'd like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> Um, in a world where families are limited to one child due to overpopulation, a set of identical septuplets must avoid being put to a long sleep by the government and dangerous inviting in wait and dangerous in fighting while investigations the disappearance of one of their own, mm. which is Monday. Because what happened to Monday? Yeah, what did happen to her? <laughs> well, I don't. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so basically, Naomi Rapace plays um, seven different characters in this movie. Which um, is cool. And each of them are named Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They're all named all of those words. Yep. The <laughs> each of their names are seven words smushed together. Yep. And then there, <laughs> and the it's... order varies depending on which... Yeah. <laughs> and then... Each one of them is a day of the week, except it also includes the rest of the days of the week. Yeah, it just depends on what on what day, day you are. Day. So it's like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And <laughs> that's funny. At that point, they might as well just call them thing one and thing two. Yeah, true. True that, um, Bryce. I'm I'm so relatable today. What can oh I say? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, it had a budget of $20 million, and it did have a small theatrical release, uh, which made about 28000 not, Jesus, $28 million back. That would have been awful. <laughs> um, <laughs> $27 but it, but it is on Netflix. It is a Netflix original. Um, and we are going to talk about it now. Yay. Uh, <laughs> I love talking about the movies we decided to watch last week. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> All right, Carly, do you have any starting point whatsoever on this movie? Because um, I, because because of this gap week we've had, I'm I've really sorry. Forgotten literally everything about this movie already. <laughs> yeah, I, I genuinely liked it. Um, the first time I saw, it, I went in not knowing anything about it, as we talked about before. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised because I think the concept is fun. There's a lot of movies and books and shit out there that are like, 
um, in a world where you can have one child, you know, that's not yeah, an uncommon. Yeah, read one of those books in, like, sixth grade. Yeah. So always, like, me out. <laughs> yeah, because I'm always, but I'm an only child, so, like, uh, as much as they're scary, I never had any concerns. <laughs> yeah, I'm the I'm, oldest of four. So. Well, usually the oldest is the first, so you don't have to worry about, you know, you, uh, you'd be the well, one that gets. So long, Elizabeth, and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be. Yeah, see, as the oldest, you'd be fine. It's the younger ones that would have to worry. Yeah. So, not that that's really the central issue. The issue is the plot, like, the fact that that's a thing in general. Um, not because it's bad of having one kid, but because in most of these, they murder the other ones. Um, mm-hmm. Instead of, like, putting them up for adoption like China does. Um, <laughs> you know, and letting them live. Con- that's a controversial, you know. The whole concept of, of um, overpopulation is like what in a, what to do in the crisis of overpopulation is a whole other thing that we don't need to get into because I don't have the answers to that. But um, I just don't. <laughs> Can you imagine if we solved world population? On just this yeah, <laughs> yeah. Be like within the hour time limit that we usually go to. <laughs> Dear UN, <laughs> please watch um, this podcast and subscribe because we solved um, world hunger. Thanks, Carly and Bryce. So, um, that's our letter to the UN, and basically... <laughs> yep. Yes. We so, just yeah. won a Nobel Prize. What can I, what can what I say? Can I say? Um, so anyway, um, there's a lot of movies and films and TV shows and stuff um, about that concept, um, but I've never seen one like this where it's like, not only can you not have more than one kid, almost everyone has like ten kids. And you just get to mm-hmm. keep one because they're all identical, which is a fucking weird concept, like, that everyone mm-hmm. just has the gene for twins, and so everyone has, like, set tuplets. Right. And so you know, favorite. basically, when you get pregnant that you're gonna have to kill, one, like, some of your children, except that's a spoiler. Um, you know, yeah, it's really hard to talk about this one um, without spoiling things. So yeah. I think it's safe to say that from here on out, we'll probably just accidentally talk about spoilers so if you don't care keep listening um but if you do care go I watch it come back back to this i'd say come back to this later because i doubt we'll be talking about much after we're done with this movie yes um, <laughs> and if you really want to know there are timestamps in the description so. <laughs> yeah which <laughs> you're then just go to the end <laughs> <laughs> um let's go listen to our rating i guess um anyway yeah, right. so yeah they um you know tell the world that they don't that they just uh put them to sleep which makes no fucking sense because where are you putting all these people i you know they don't really go into that at all mm-hmm. and i'm surprised that the world doesn't you know i don't yes. know they kind of show like going to sleep and you know um I don't know. Anyway, I thought I think that concept of there being like so many, um, like kids, is interesting. Um, yeah. Specifically because it allows them to name seven kids after the days of the week, and I think that's really fun. Um, and like a mm-hmm. fun idea if you had seven kids to like name them all, yeah. like after the days of the week. Um, so I thought that was cool. I like that it's all one actress, <laughs> and I yeah. like that like even though they are, they, like, start off exactly the same, they, like, all develop separate personalities, because I feel like part of the concept for these people is, like, since they're killing just, like, a set, they have, like, a set of kids, 
you know, it's easy for, to look at them and be like, oh, they're all the same. Mm-hmm. You know, but, like, having the seven sisters when they grow older all being, like, having different personalities and being different and whatever, like, allows them to um, really show that not just because you're twins doesn't mean you're the same fucking person and, like, that doesn't get justify you killing people mm-hmm. just because they look similar, you know? So that's fun. Right. Um, yeah, um, and I just think the actress is hot, so I enjoy that. <laughs> um, I enjoy yeah. her as every single one of these characters. I think she's so fun. If um, you don't know who Naomi Rapace is, um, she is prominently known as um, Elizabeth, actually, in the the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo trilogy, um, the Swedish version of it, which was actually remade by David Fincher. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that's a whole other podcast, probably. (laughs) I've never Um, seen it, and I want to, because she's cool. I like her. Fincher would be a great ranking. Anyways, yeah. that's okay. Um, I think that she's also in the Alien movies, but I haven't seen the ones that she's in. I yeah. barely watched the first one. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, my thing with this movie, and I get why she was in it, because I think, was this technically like a foreign film? I think or... so. Okay. Because all of the... Um like promo for it if you look up any of it on the internet is all in like i want to say french just because it says like the only thing i know like the promos i've seen of it have all been in french and they say like they'll have like each of the girls like stacked and then with like a number behind them and it says like lundi mari like samedi sunday like in there which are how you say them in french so i was like i'm assuming but also that could Mm -hmm. you could probably say those and that would be another language i wouldn't know yeah. I just know that is what it is in French. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, but basically, I, I feel like this movie would have had more of an effect on me and, and you personally um, if the actress that they got to play seven different characters was an actor or actress that we uh, appreciate more yeah because this one even though she starred in a very famous trilogy i've never seen Switzerland, it. that neither of us have seen um but not everything's so about like, us so, <laughs> so i feel like the novelty of like having a movie like um this where similar to like the parent trap and american pickle enemy yeah Oh. We should have included this. That would have been fun when we were doing our whole discussion about twin stories. Well, I didn't know this movie existed at the time. I did, and now, so it's my fault. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but... Fine. But I feel like part of the novelty is having, like, a big A-list actor or actress in that lead role. Yeah. Besides at the time Lindsay lohan because i I think that was her first she does a good job though like i'm not mad that no like i'm not like i'm just saying like looking back at it now the novelty is like seeing like this very young famous Lindsay lohan um giving like this phenomenal performance and then parent trap is great um besides her performance too like yeah i thought you were just kidding that's the worst part Right, like even if she was the worst part, there's still a lot going on in the parent trap that's really enjoyable. Yeah, but um, I mean, like I think the girl in this movie did a good job too. Like I'm not mad at her performance at all. Right, because it's also um, she. It's not like she played two characters that 
you know, she played seven different yeah, for sure. Characters. But I so. can you just imagine, like uh, like Eddie Murphy. You know, he has like his family scenes where he plays like seven different characters sitting around a dinner table, and like he's in all these like different costumes. Yeah. Like some are women, some are men, and there's just like these rambunctious performances, and he's got to control all of them. Or like James McAvoy in Split and Glass, where he plays like has a per- he's a person he's so with twenty three cool. different personalities. And he's just switching between them within like ten seconds of each other, and he's got to like, like on camera, just like switch between roles. It's fucking insane watching him do that performance. Um, but so when you have an actress that the two of us don't really resonate with, <laughs> just because she's not we don't from know her America, you know, I feel like part of the novelty just kind of isn't there for us. And I feel like um, if this movie started like Adam Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that'd be, but exactly the same as it is, like just as serious yeah, right. and like same costumes, like, and, but like him being like, the whole time. Yeah, like one of them gives like the Hubie Halloween accent. Yeah. The other one. <laughs> yeah, oh my God, they're all just like different accent. characters. Like they're all like, like his different. Right. That'd be funny. Yeah. Or like, a, but, okay, now I want him to do a movie like that where they all just like meet up. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Not gonna lie, would enjoy that. I don't know. For me, my favorite parts of the movie were when Willem Dafoe was on screen. Yeah, I really loved his interactions. He's with from him. Appleton. What's that? He's from Appleton. He's what? Yeah. Are you fucking? No, I'm serious. Right? Willem Dafoe's from Appleton. <laughs> Okay, my dad's well, friend lived next door to him for our ohio listeners <laughs> yeah i'm sorry guys we got william defoe so yeah we sorry. apparently he lives like 20 minutes away from carly's neighborhood i guess he, was he used there. to he grew up yeah he grew up yeah. there he's not can you imagine if you lived next door to me jesus christ i wish <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's a cool guy he's a cool... he's apparently <laughs> no, he seems like he'd be fucking weird you know, I don't know about that. He's a, I don't know. I feel like he'd be very like, um, I think method actor seem like that. But like, I, watching interviews with him gives a different uh, a story. Yeah, so. I mean, I've never seen an interview with him. So yeah, I watched a lot because uh, he stars in one of a movie in the eight in the eighties called The Last Temptation of Christ, where he plays Jesus Christ. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and it's like a, almost a three hour long movie that I just, so I started watching it and I lost interest very quickly um, because it's paced really weirdly. Like you would think the movie would end with, um, him getting like crucified, you know, but like, there's like a whole hour after that. I'm like, what's going on right now? <laughs> So usually when that happens, I'll pause the movie and just like look up reviews or interviews of the movie to try to get my interest back up, and then I'll keep watching. So I was just watching so many Willem Dafoe interviews <laughs> about like this one specific movie from 1988. <laughs> so was it like him now talking about it, or like him when he's younger? Yeah, I mean like they were old interviews, but they weren't like. Okay, so him from all over the place. Yeah. Okay, so like I meant, yeah. I guess yeah, I guess that was a weird way to put it. Mm-hmm. yeah you know what i mean okay yeah but, i don't know he seems like a genuine and humble 
man. Oh, yeah, that's not what I meant. I meant more like he seems well, like he yeah, would like, be I awkward. Think a, I think he's a normal guy. <laughs> okay. I, think, I mean, he's so. fucking from Wisconsin, so he can't be that weird. Right, well, no Just like all of the serial killer. killers that are from here. <laughs> right. So. Um, anyways. <laughs> you know. I just, I just really loved his interactions with the younger version of the character, um, or characters, um, which, by the way, the young actress who plays, um, the septuplets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like the girl. Yeah, she's gives a phenomenal performance too. Um, if you need a Parent Trap remake, uh, hire her. I guess maybe don't because she already did it. Uh, yeah, dude, I really don't remember anything about this movie. I think it's some of its best moments were the fact that it had seven uh, siblings. Yeah, I mean that's the cool part so about it. Like it's like stakes. unique. Yeah, like, I think the stakes um, were actually kind of high throughout because because there's so many characters that we have the same amount of development over yeah that we really don't know who could die and when like everything felt like it had suspense but i yeah. just really didn't care about anything that was going on at the same time <laughs> i mean i cared because i didn't understand like at the like i think what made me care was me not understanding what was going on like where i was mm-hmm. like what happened to like because you really don't know what happened to her until like the very end and so that's why like up until that point i was like i just want to know like what yeah, happened and that's sure. what kept me invested but um yeah i don't know second watch was different than first watch was it watch. better or worse for you um it's like the same i don't know i just enjoy like i like the actress a lot <laughs> And I just think, I don't know, I really like the concept, and I think, I think for me why I like it so much is because I think it's, like, a creative idea. Yeah. And I don't get I to see a lot of different... has that going for it, and I think right. it made very good use of its budget, too, because uh, there was not a single moment where I could tell that there were, like... It was yeah, CG. it looked very real, and that's something yeah. we talked about when we did Parent Trap, was how, how hard we think that must have been especially at the time (laughs) right and i mean obviously this was 2017 so it wasn't that long ago you know but i don't know i i really like it um it's not like mind-blowing or anything yeah but it is what it i i it's a good it's a good movie it's not shit and i like not shit (laughs) yeah for sure yeah um I think it's a it's an interesting like it keeps you on the edge of your seat which is good. I don't yeah. I didn't find the plot mega predictable without saying too much like yeah in it's, terms of like what was going on. <laughs> yeah. Didn't it. <laughs> yes, it's it's done well. It wasn't predictable, which is usually for like a thriller movie. Like that's kind of impressive. Like, the septuplet thing is cool in concept, but I feel like the execution, there's so many characters that it's, like, hard to pick one. Yeah. Like really I, I almost Especially wish it was longer. Because you don't know who's gonna, gonna die. And, and because, like, I already said that that I already forgot everything about this movie, um, I don't know who died. So if I rewatched it, I'd have the same exact fear. I can tell you. I can tell you because there's two, there's two that survive. Well, okay. Well, I guess we already gave the spoiler. Yeah, warning. there's so there's two that survived. Do you remember which two? Wasn't it just Monday and Tuesday? No, 
neither yeah. one of those sir, one of those is alive but one of them is dead which should be obvious for you which i'm confused why you don't know which one is dead well because it's like kind of the main plot of the thing yeah um so i'm assuming tuesday is alive yes and one other uh thursday yep did i get that right yep tuesday and thursday and then the kids yeah so (laughs) do you have anything to add no, I'm just mostly really... curious, like, what you, if you liked it or not, because I can't tell. I think I liked it as a one watch, but I don't think I'll ever go back to it. Yeah, that's fair. It's it's yeah. not, I find it hard with most thrillers, if I'm not, like, super impressed, to want to go back and watch them again, because it's kind of like... Yeah, like, that's how, that's how I am, too. That's why I haven't watched Gone Girl again yeah. yet. I, don't, I like, think, um... I, I, like, loved it the first time. And I really want to rewatch it, but, like, I don't know, part of the novelty is the mystery. <laughs> yeah, I think with, I I like to hope, though, with people like Fincher, that, because yeah. um, well, a lot of yeah. movies are made for a second watch, mm-hmm. you know, which I appreciate, ones that are smart enough that they can, like, like Knives Out, I feel, is made for both a first and second watch. Yeah, for sure. So if I do rewatch it, it's just definitely going to be a very long time before I do. Fair. <laughs> um, and it might be because uh, Naomi Rapace is becoming a bigger actress, and I just want to see some of her earlier stuff. Yeah, she. I don't. I think I think she did a pretty good job, which is not surprising, mm-hmm. but exciting. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, do you have a score in mind for this movie? Um, I'm gonna go with like a seven and a half out of ten. I don't think yeah. it was, like, bad. Like, I don't think it was bad at all. I really liked it. But I don't want to rate it, like, obnoxiously high. Yeah, it, it like, like, it's a, definitely a B movie, you know? <laughs> but it's good. I, I like it, yeah. you know? It didn't really make any mistakes, but it didn't, like, change the game of cinema. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so. that's a good, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I'll, go, I'll give it around that same area, like, seven, seven-ish. Yeah. All right, that was uh, what happened on Monday. Um, <laughs> I, I, what, I don't even think I said the episode title number. I think we're at 48 this week. Yes, we are. Uh, yeah, so we have one more, and then it's our big grown-ups episode. Speaking of Adam Sandler, this week was... Happy Gilmore's 25th anniversary. Happy I birthday. <laughs> I get it. Ha- happy uh, got me. Happy you birthday. Good. Yep. It's happy, happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because, like, happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yes. Yes. You are welcome, Bryce. <laughs> One thing I want to talk about real quick before we go. Um, because it is the month of February, and by the time our Grown Ups episode will come out, the February month will be over. Do you want to maybe do a Black History Month? yes yes i do okay Okay. i think i have one in mind okay um another spike lee movie yes okay we actually talked about spike lee in my class today and i was like did you i like him (laughs) (laughs) right perfect um i think i have two solid choices um but i think i'm leaning towards the one okay (laughs) so we'll get into that next week but 
for the more be likely on the lookout for a spike video review next week, everybody. Cool. Um, <laughs> Unless we have another incident, which hopefully we don't. Yeah, right. Uh, I think we're all okay now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> all right, Carly, where can they find you? Um, they could probably find me, like, doing my school career or um, over at Instagram or on Instagram at Carly.Bauer. Um, Bryce, where do you think they could find you? Um, you can find me trying to make a What Happened to Monday reboot with Seth Rogen in the lead or on Instagram at Bryce Kelly Howe. Um, and with absolutely all of that said. There just <laughs> isn't an end scene. Please go home. <laughs>